This story was recorded on November 17, 2018, at a storytelling festival at the Connecticut Valley Tobacco Museum. The views expressed are those of the storyteller, not the museum. Now, just to check your level, can you just say your name and where you're from again? Scott Gatos, Ellington, Connecticut. Okay, perfect. So let's begin, and you can tell me how you got involved in Connecticut tobacco. Well, I had a paper route um, when I was when I was very young, and you know, it didn't pay very much. And you know, you could start working tobacco when you were 13 years old, and it paid back then. I think it was 2.37 an hour was the minimum farm wage, and you know, you could very easily calculate uh, how much you would make working tobacco versus you know continuing to work on the paper route. So uh, you know, it seemed like a no-brainer. You could make more money working during the summer than uh, you know working year-round doing the paper route. Sure. What year was that? I worked for the Christian Brothers for three years, starting in, I believe it was 81 in Suffield, and they are located in Suffield, Connecticut. So how did you get that job? You know, everybody, you know, in the Connecticut Valley all knew about what tobacco was. And, you know, when you were 13, it was... Do I hang around for the summer? Which, you know, back then parents didn't let you just like sit around in the house. So it was, you know, go out and get a job. And it was either paper roots or tobacco. So tobacco, you know, was the the job of choice. (laughs) So what did you do in your job when you first started when you were 13? When I was 13. Yeah. So what were you doing? So there was tobacco, like many other crops, there was kind of a, a rhythm to the season. Um, you started off with, the boys started off by suckering. And that was, you know, everybody was down on their hands and knees and they were crawling around. You had to take, I think it was the bottom three leaves off the plant, if I recall correctly, and that would cause them to to grow up uh, taller. And then uh, from there, after suckering, you went into tying, which was my least favorite part of it. And you you started out probably when the plants were about knee height and you used to have to um, tie them. There was some metal poles running in the fields and you used to have to tie them up so that they would continue to grow uh, upright. Then you'd get into twisting where as the plants grew up, the string that you had tied them up to hold them up before the stalks were uh, thick enough to hold up their weight, you'd have to come back in the field and you'd have to twist it around the plant. But you couldn't get any of the leaves. You had to only get the stalk because if you got the leaves, it would ruin the leaves. So then, um, you know, after we did that, then we moved on to picking. And, you know, that was probably the most, the other stuff was kind of boring. That was the most interesting stuff. You start off with first picking where um, you had to sit down on your rear end and you have to, basically you had to, you know, scoot yourself up the, up the rows of tobacco and you had to take the bottom three leaves off of that. After first picking, you, we moved on to second picking. Typically that was also um, done uh, sitting down because um, the plants weren't quite tall enough and that if you were kneeling, what you would do is you would break the black, the backs of the plants, uh, of the, the particular leaves, and then they were, they were no good. They were ruined. Um, then you move on to third picking. That one was typically done from your knees, and you can move a lot faster up the rows. Um, that one was kind of one of my least favorite because it was kind of hard on the knees, um, always cr- you know, crawling all day long. Um, then you moved on to fourth picking. That was probably the first picking that you could you could stand up, and at that point you could you know you could pick a lot faster um, doing that. And then there was uh, fifth picking, and that's where you started getting the leaves were probably above your heads. And then after that, 
Um, there was called, I don't remember if there was a six picking, there might have been, but then we did choice picking, and that was near the tail end of the season. And what we'd do is we'd go through all the, the fields and we'd pick all the big leaves uh, off the fields. So primarily I was a picker. There was two roles um, when it came to tobacco. You were either a picker or a dragger. I didn't like dragging, so I was a much better picker. So, um, you know, that, that was primarily what I did. And then um, afterwards, if you were, you know, you could get called back if you were a good worker to take down the nets. That was always a lot of fun because you got to drive, you could stand on the back of a flatbed trailer that was pulled behind the tractor. And what you'd have to do is you had two sets of people. Um, the, per- the first person was pulling out the little um, wooden stakes that used to hold the nets together. We used to call those punji sticks. Be- and, and what you do is you just pull them out and they would end up littered in the fields. And during suckering, you'd always run across them in the fields. And if you, um, you had somebody that you didn't particularly like or had um, done something to you, through the course of the year, what we used to do is you take the little punji stick and you'd hide it behind the plant. And when a person came by suckering, they didn't see it and they'd pull it. And a lot of times they'd cut their fingers. It wasn't a, it wasn't a very good thing to do to people. So you'll, you had to be, uh, but you know, kids are kids. Um, but then also while you're taking down the nets, um, then there was a second set of persons and they would, after the people pulled out the, um, the little wooden stakes that were holding it in together, you'd have to cut them because they were tied together and you'd have a group of people that'd cut them and then that would essentially separate the nets that when they dried, they could come back and they could uh, you know, take them off the fields. And then finally there was takedown and that was typically done in the fall. And, um, you know, certain people were called back and they would, uh, you know, we'd go work in the sheds and when it was dry, we'd after the tobacco had dried, we'd take it down out of the sheds and we'd um, take it off the lats that were hanging on and we'd pack it and we'd form it into hands. Um, and then we would, um, you know, eventually it would get packed into crates and it would get sent out to wherever it was going to be uh, used to make cigars. Hmm. That's quite a process. Yeah, it was a very interesting. It was a very interesting process. So, when you think about doing this job, what are some stories that really define the experience for you? The three years you spent working in tobacco. So, there's kind of three things. Um, there was something called it's called Bob Stores now. It was called Bob Surplus, and you can always tell when it was getting close to tobacco seasons because they showed uh, sold Bob Stores T-shirts. They were a dollar. And everybody would rush out and get their Bob Stores t-shirts so that you would have enough uh, t-shirts to wear during the season because they always got grubby and and really dirty because the tobacco plants give off a juice. And then when you're always working in in dusty and dry situations, the the dirt would stick to you and it would get all over your hands in clumps. I mean, that's so that was one thing. Um, The other thing is... um, you know, you're working outside. We'd occasionally come across snakes in the fields, and um, sometimes they would accidentally end up in baskets and get shipped to the to back to the sheds to where the girls were working. And um, we used to get in trouble every once in a while for sending too many snakes to the sheds. And then um, finally, one of the the third things is you know, boys will be boys working in in fields. Because when they tilled up the fields, eventually it dried out. 
and he'd get these really big dirt bombs in the fields, as we called them, and they were just lumps of dirt. Well, we used to have dirt bomb fights in the fields, everyone, especially when the plants uh, we picked enough so they were higher enough, you could really uh, hit people several rows over with the, with the dirt bombs. So those are three things that really uh, I, I remember fondly about working. Hmm. What, what defined your time working in tobacco? I mean, did, you mentioned um, when you had the pongee sticks. Is that what pongee you sticks. Pongee sticks, and they're boys you wouldn't like. I mean, were you making friends in this job, or was it kind of, you know, like anonymous? Was there a sense of community at this job? I mean, I grew up in Winslock, so I came from, you know, kind of a small town where, you know, everybody pretty much knew each other. And... um all your friends were working tobacco, or most of your friends were working tobacco. So, I mean, you know, there was that sense of friendship, and, and there was a bus stop that was close to my house. If everybody's, you know, worked tobacco, know, you, you know it was tobacco season when you saw the big gray buses driving around in Winslow Locks and Suffield. Um, but I used to actually walk probably about a mile or a mile and a half to my friend's house to uh, just to, you know, early in the morning, just to sit there and have some fun with him before we got on the bus and, and went to work. Hmm. So why did you stop working after three years? Well, you turn, when you turned 16, you could drive and you could get a job that was obviously, uh, you know, paid more than um, what it, it was to work tobacco. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I went on to make more money. How do you reflect back on that time now? It was probably one of the most fun jobs I've ever had, to, um, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I mean, some of the lessons that I learned during that, kids today aren't getting, right? Because, you know, very few kids work tobacco. I don't even, I don't think very many kids would even work tobacco anymore. I mean, you had to learn how to work with people. You know, as you worked your way up through the ranks, you could become what was called a straw boss. So you had to, man- you learned at a, a younger age to manage people. And you learn to, to work with people and to stand up for yourself. So I can remember one story that it was probably, I think it was the first week of work. It may have been even the first couple of days. They used to make these things called Kool-Aid bombs. And what they do is they take, on the ride home, they take extra Kool-Aid um, from the people's you know, water jugs that they had brought the thing. And they'd put them in a zip, basically into Ziploc bags. And they used to throw them at each other. Well, here I am, 13 years old, first couple of days on a job. You know, I was um, very, uh, I don't want to say immature, but uh, I was naive. So they gave me one and said, hey, when you go throw it at this person. So I didn't know you're supposed to throw them when you got off the bus. So I threw it while I was on the bus. Well, it didn't explode. It bounced off the kid's back and it hit Gene Christian, who was one of the, the owners of the, of the company uh, in the back, and it exploded all over his back. And I didn't know this till the next day. They asked who had thrown the Kool-Aid bomb on the bus. One of the things that I, I look back at is I owned up to it, right? I raised my hand in front of, you know, 130 other kids, and I said, I threw it. And because I was only one of two kids at that stop, they had actually had said um, that they were going to fire me. But because I owned up to it, they um, they decided to keep me on. And I ended up working both, you know, I worked shade tobacco during the day for them, but I also um, 
ended up working broadly for them in the evenings. So what would happen is I'd work shade. Instead of getting on the bus to go home, um, Kenny Christian would take us over, us and the group of other people, over to his house. He'd actually feed us there. We'd go work shade uh, uh, broadleaf tobacco during the evenings, and then he'd take us back uh, and drop us back off at, at night. So I made some extra money doing that, but it was a totally different experience than it was um, working broad uh, working shade, because there were a lot of like uh, sharp. You know, you had axes they used to cut down the broad the broadleaf, and then they had you know spears on top of the lats and things like that. And I think you had to be eighteen to use those to use those. Uh, those pieces of equipment. So my job working that was I drove a big flatbed Ford truck and you're, you know, 13 years old. And my job was to drive that around the farm and lay lats out next to the plant. So then they came down and they chopped them off. So, I mean, you're 13, 14 years old and here you are bombing around on a farm in this big truck. So I actually learned how to drive prior to me even, um, me even getting my license. <laughs> 